Welcome on back into the Sling Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Finnerty, your co-host, Wally McKeon, Colin Canise. We are back, our final episode of September, and it's the first first uh, episode during the fall season here in 2023 as well. Yeah. Hoodie season finally. Yeah, and uh, we're getting to the, to the good part of the year. Fall is my favorite season by, by a wide margin. I agree uh, with that, actually. It used to be winter, but you can't beat central New York falls, man. Mm-hmm. Foliage, are you kidding me? It's, get better. You know, it's beautiful, but honestly, like... This year, it's it's been getting really cold, really early. It gets I very cold like. at night. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. It's beautiful you know? to sleep in though. If, if you have an yeah. early morning, you're looking at upper 40s, low 50s by midday. It's 70. I woke up when that sun goes yeah. down. Bundle up, brother. I woke up at uh, quarter after seven today, and it was 44 outside. Yeah, I was gonna it was, say it was, it was brisk. Chill. It was brisk. I woke up at 8:30. I had to get ready to go to the gym. I checked my phone. I'm like, all right, maybe shorts and a hoodie. It's like 47 degrees out. I'm like, I guess I'm listening to sweatpants today. Yeah. See, I'm in the sweatpants hoodie, hoodie, you know, all around. Uh, with that being said, let's get into our highlights of the week. What has happened this past week? What's coming up? Wally, we'll go to you first. Yeah, uh, my highlight of the week is what I'm getting up to this weekend, and that's going home. And uh, I'm seeing my whole family, and two of my roommates are coming with me. And uh, the lady is going to meet us there. She's driving up from Rhode Island. Um, the weather is supposed to be phenomenal in Vermont. I love the weather, by the way. It's a great conversation starter. Um, it's going to be seven, 70 degrees, but like that 45 overnight, great for sleeping, great for activities. Um, I'm really, really looking forward to this weekend. And it'll, be ni- and it'll be nice to get away from uh, the college town vibe and that little rural, a- rural area. Yeah, you know, get back home. What's the uh, what's the foliage looking like up in Vermont around this time? We're, we're a little bit ahead of schedule compared to here. We're okay. about like a week ahead usually. It's a lot of reds and yellows. Colors. Yeah, so that's what I'm that's hoping fun. for on that that's drive fun. home. I'm open for the pristine foliage. Um, I'm really excited. Beautiful. Well, it sounds like a great weekend. Yeah. Uh, Colin, we'll go to you next. I mean, we had a great weekend this past weekend. Anything but a cup party <laughs> went great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Drink out of a uh, watering can. You had my, the squirt my, gun. My squirt gun broke before, uh, <laughs> like, with an hour into the party. <laughs> You had you had the, the had coffee, can, yeah, a can of coffee grounds. Which did you did you get did you get a little bit of coffee in? Coffee. Yeah, <laughs> by the way, I did not wash it out very well. Because I was gonna say, our one friend Terrence had a Chick Fil A bottle, squirt <laughs> bottle, <laughs> yeah. and uh, he said that the the drink that he was having tasted like still Chick-fil-A like Chick Fil A sauce. sauce. Yeah. So and then, that's interesting. Yeah, a lot of people coming up this weekend. Clemson game, biggest game of the year. That's why I'm clearing out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's gonna be a lot of fun. I'll be watching from home. Yeah, to echo off that, uh, got a lot of a lot of friends coming up this weekend. A lot of people. Um, sadly, you're you're heading home. I mean, yep. it's, it's a fun time for you, but uh, there's a, t- a ton of people coming up. I'm looking forward to that. A lot of family, a lot of friends. Should be a good weekend. With that being said, let's get into some sports. Start off with the Speedy Slings. To start out, the NHL preseason has kicked off, and the season's just two weeks away. Yeah, I love watching NHL preseason <laughs> hockey. Who doesn't? Uh, I'm joking. But what I will say is we're getting, <laughs> we're getting to the, the cream of the crop, that prime time. There's about one or two weeks in sports where all four major sports are going on at once. Um, the sports root, equinox. Yes, yeah. that's what they yeah. call it. I'm very much looking forward to that sports equinox in about three weeks. We're going to be pretty busy when that when that comes around. It's going to be a yeah. tough, tough couple of episodes. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're very sorry to everyone then. Um, yeah, I honestly tr- uh, didn't even realize the NHL preseason had started until last night. You walked into my room and go, oh, the Lightning are playing. And I said, oh, okay. I, d- I didn't know. Um, 
but exciting. You know, we get another league starting up soon, and yeah. following that, we'll have the NBA. Mm-hmm. With the NBA, we have the WNBA playoffs going on right now, semifinals, and Brianna Stewart was also announced as the WNBA MVP this year. Yeah, Syracuse's own Brianna Stewart. Local Syracuse, right? Because she went to UConn. Well, yeah, she went to yeah. not like Syracuse okay. University, but like she's from Syracuse. I didn't know she was yeah. from Syracuse. That's cool. Um, she's the first player in Liberty history to win the MVP award. She averaged 23 points, nine boards, and nearly four assists a game this season. Awesome stat line. She's phenomenal at UConn as well. And looking at her stats in the WNBA, she's been very consistent. She's averaged over, I think, 18 points a game every single year since 2016. And has that MVP and is now two games away from a WNBA championship appearance. And also has two MVPs. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure she's the first player to do it in, like, both conferences I saw on uh, Instagram. So, very cool. what she does. Yeah. Congratulations to her. Very, very exciting. Um, Going back to the playoffs a bit, like you said, two games away. I want to see an Aces Liberty final. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's kind of determined at that point that that's what, how it's going to turn out. You know, I don't want to put anything to a, to a conclusion, but I'd love to see that uh, matchup. Yeah, I uh, I don't watch a lot of WNBA, but like I will tune in for that finals if it's Aces Liberty because just like talent wise, like that's the best talent that the WNBA has on those two teams. It it kind of sort of yeah, kind of sort of kind of sort of feels like uh, the WNBA All Star game. Like I feel like. It's well, literally just like a, con- a conglomeration of those two teams playing I'm against each other. Sure, I'm pretty sure the Aces had like three or four of the five starters in the Western Conference <laughs> yeah. WNBA All-Star game. They, so. they did, and Kelsey Plum had, uh, I believe, eight threes and, you know, ended up helping me hit my bet in the WNBA uh, uh, All-Star game. Uh, this weekend, like we said, is packed with sports. We also have the Ryder Cup coming up. Um, very fun matchup. We were talking about this a little bit last week. I know, Wally, you're not too into golf, but we suggested this is something that you should check out. Um, who do you want to see matched up this weekend? Uh, I want everyone to have fun, <laughs> and I like that it's in Rome. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, I don't know who gets matched up with who. I understand it's the Team USA and Team Europe. Um, I want everyone to have fun, and I hope they eat some good pizza as well. That's all I have to say. Maybe someone can get a hole in one at the Coliseum. That'd be pretty cool. I heard they're putting a hole in there. Yeah, yeah. Have a mini golf course going what you, on there. What do you guys like? What do you want to see? I I know who your your who your matchup is. Rory, so I'll let you take it. Yeah. Brooks Brooks coming out on top would be the greatest for me. Absolute greatest. Okay. Okay. And so then, I you know I know I know you wanted Brooks. So I actually said that I would love to see a Rom Scheffler matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, have the number one golfer go against the number three golfer in the world. Uh, according to World Golf Ranking. I know um, those people, by the way. I've heard their names. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, pretty good golfers, right? Uh, I think that'd be a very exciting matchup. Um, we'll see what comes of it. I think the the matchup should be coming out soon, right? Yeah. Cause, I, mean, I, say, I think yeah. it's tom- tomorrow. And just a little – I think mine and your guy need to team up like they do every single, yeah. single time in the Ryder Cup. JT and Jordan Spieth. I agree. They're like the best, best, best friends, best duos, and one of the best duos in golf. Would love to see it. Moving on to the MLB, starting off something that I'm very happy to say. The Phillies clinching the postseason. Yeah. Uh, will host the wild card series next week. Um, they're currently awaiting an opponent. Uh, but Red October is back is all I said. Although, you know, I know you are here. Well, we've all kind of said it. The Braves are kind of dominating the NL, so it's going to be hard to get long, through. How long is Red October going to be back for, you think? Maybe. We're, making, we're making predictions next week. <laughs> I was going to say, we'll, we'll wait We'll wait a little bit, but 
I don't know. I, I also have to see who they're going to face up against because there's been some teams they've struggled against in the entire NL. I'm excited, though. Yeah, I, wore my, I wore my Phillies hat today. I'm happy for you, man. They got a five-game lead, too, um, over Arizona. I think Arizona will probably end up with that mm-hmm. second spot. But it's all go Phils. Woohoo! Yay. Cool. Just to throw this out there about the Phils, we may have a celebrity listener because ever since we uh, badmouthed Kyle Schwarber at the leadoff spot. Ever he, since you. Well, I mean, you were in on it, too. <laughs> but his average, he's almost at 200 right now. He was at 200 for a little bit. So I think he was listening, and he heard what we said, and now he's just turning it up, so it's kind of like a slap in the face for us. I mean, so that's pretty those, cool those four bombs also. I'm pretty sure he still has more home runs than he does singles. Uh, the Brewers also clinched this past week, and the Pirates and the Giants were eliminated, and the Padres are currently on the cusp of elimination. They will be eliminated. Yeah. They, they pretty much don't have a chance. I, I said here, I think it's kind of embarrassing. Like, the Padres had as much hype as, like, the New York Mets did coming into the year. And, like, they had, they also were NLCS, like, contenders last year. And yeah. they just fallen off a cliff. I mean, Blake Snell is a Cy Young front runner, I would yeah, say. Yeah, I think he's going to win it. And, yeah, he's a, I mean, but they just, like, are kind of just in, like, in abysmal shape. Yeah, and... They're eight and two in their last ten. They have a plus ninety four run differential, and yet the wins just aren't there to show for it whatsoever. Um, as for the other teams clinging to those last few spots right now, Chicago has that third spot. Um, the Cubs half game lead over the Marlins. Realistically, that's the only only one that can swap between the two of them. Um, I don't think that the Reds are going to squeak in. Be cool if they did. I don't think they really will. I'd like to see a push from the Reds, but uh, talking about the Brewers a bit. I, I kind of like what the Brewers have going. It's kind of an interesting team. Um, the NL Central, I feel like, has kind of been a rotating, like who's going to come out of it every year. But I think the Brewers actually have the pitching that can potentially win them, or, well, that can win them a first-round matchup. I don't know who they'd end up facing in the second round. Obviously, it'd be uh, whoever comes out of the Phillies series um, would depend on who they're going to face up against. But honestly, their pitching staff... Could could help them boost into that NLCS, you know, series. Yeah, why not? Sure, they're a fun team. <laughs> I feel like like the NL Central and the AL Central are the two least talked about like divisions, and probably all of sports is just like the Midwest. Yeah, nobody talks <laughs> about them. About the so that's yeah. like when I saw you said the Brewers clinched. Like, okay. I had no clue. Like, I don't follow the NL Central at all. But uh, the only thing that's like interesting about it is Cardinals missed out this year pretty badly too. And I saw it's the first time in 30 years that the Yankees, Cardinals, and Red Sox, and Red Sox will not be in the playoffs. Yeah. Times are changing, man. Yeah. The youth movement has arrived. I love it. Well, we'll talk about the AL West and the youth movement. It's a race towards the finish right now, and it's looking like there's only going to be two teams to come out of there. So who, what two teams are they? Or what two teams will? I'm thinking Texas and Houston. That's what I said. And the Mariners just got swept by Texas last weekend. That was their opportunity. We talked about it weeks in advance, that seven-game mm-hmm. series between the two of them. You cannot afford to get swept there. Houston has a tough matchup with Arizona to close out the season, but there's also a chance that Arizona could wrap up that second wild-card spot one or two games into it. Um, so they might take their foot off the gas a tiny bit. So... I'll take Houston and Texas, which is kind of insane because we were gassing up Seattle quite a bit two mm-hmm. or three weeks ago. We just had a talk on the way over here. We were talking about this, and we were saying about how with the Texas and Mariners series, 
if Texas clinches, they might just there's a chance like like if Houston loses tonight, I'm pretty sure they clinch. We were saying yeah, there's I have a chance they just take off that whole series and that leaves the Mariners open. But then you it. brought up like the Diamondbacks who did the exact same thing. Yeah. So I yeah <laughs> I I have I have Seattle and Texas. I think Texas will take the division tonight. Mm-hmm. The Mariners face up against Houston, and then at that point the Mariners have four games against Texas, whereas Houston only has three games against the Diamondbacks. Yeah. I think if the Mariners win two. I believe it's just over at that point, right? Or it should be. Yeah. Yeah. So that'd be I mean, crazy. No Houston in the playoffs. I would love it. I, I think it's. That'd I think it's amazing. the first time since like 2016 or 2015. Um, it'd be fun. And that was that was a team that we were talking about last year. You know, was so good in the minor league system and just yeah. c- constantly producing these good teams, and they're on the cusp of elimination right now. A lot of good teams in baseball. A lot of bad teams, too. A lot of good teams in the AL, a lot of good teams in the AL East, and yeah. there's three teams, to be exact, that are looking like they're going to be in it. Yeah. Um, but it's not really the three that were expected. The Rays were expected. The Rays yeah, were yeah, expected. but I'm saying, like, the three combination-wise. No, not one bit, and it's not the Yankees. I'll throw it out there. I'll get it out of the way. It's the first time since 2016 that they won't be in the playoffs. It's the first time an Aaron Judge's MLB career that he's not in the playoffs, which I didn't even think which about. Which is crazy. It hadn't occurred to me. Yeah. Um... But as for those three teams, again, we've been talking about Baltimore and how young they are. I always think Toronto is overrated. Only Tampa Bay is the one that can make some real noise to me. But Baltimore has the potential. They can surprise me, but I don't care about Toronto. Well, what's interesting is Tampa Bay can make that noise, but they also didn't even win the division. Yeah. Like, they're a wild card team. Uh-huh. <laughs> they're going to be coming out of it and, you know, trying to make that push. I know you're a big Tampa Bay guy. You got anything to say about them? They're playing good right now. Their offense is actually really good, which is crazy because, like, they started the year off like a defensive team. Yeah. Like, especially with, like, McClanahan, Jeffrey Springs. And now, like, we were talking about the Rays game yesterday. I didn't realize Zach Eflin's now 16-8. and eight. Like, the, their pitching is insane. And, like, when you think about it, like, it's not, like, household names. Like, they don't have a DeGrom, a Scherzer. Mm. But, like, Jeffrey Springs was the best pitcher for his first three weeks before he needed Tommy John. Shane McClanahan was the best pitcher in MLB once he went down. And now Shane McClanahan... I think also needs Tommy John, and now Zach Eflin's sitting at sixteen and eight, and like is legit like a possible Cy Young candidate. It's crazy because Zach Eflin was also the Rays' like most expensive signing ever in their history. Paying off right now. Yeah, it is paying off, and I mean former Philly, he was, you know, expected to do this for years, never really lived up to the hype, and then you know he's doing it. He found his home in Tampa Bay, so I'm happy for him, but. Playoff predictions coming next week once the whole field is figured out, and we'll see where we go from there. We've got NCAA football coming off of probably what's been the biggest week so far, and we'll start out with Bama. Talking about Bama, uh, Jalen Milrow returns to the gridiron, and they, you know, get the win over Ole Miss. I'm done talking about the Alabama quarterback situation because whatever I say, they do the opposite. <laughs> I don't know what Nick Saban is doing down there. It was a good win over Ole Miss. And whether people like it or not, Bama's still a, play- a playoff contender, very much so. If they win out, they're going to be in the playoff no matter what, especially if your one loss is to Texas, who right now will probably be in the playoff too. Yeah. Um, Jalen Miller didn't play that bad. He was 17 for 21. With the 17 for 21, though, from watching that game, it's crazy to say it, but he there's, still has those accuracy issues. Yeah. He had this one deep ball. I don't, I don't know who the receiver was, but – the way the receiver was running, if he just threw it, just let him, he, like that's a touchdown, and he somehow, like I don't, I don't know how to explain it from a college quarterback, but he like, 
the receiver had to turn and run like 10 yards to his left <laughs> because it was just so inaccurate. Like for 17 for 21, it was still like a bad accuracy performance, but he got the win against a ranked team in Ole Miss. I think it's more the defense. You know, they held Ole Miss to 10 points, so like that's something. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, not really much to say. Uh, Bama getting the win. I said Ole Miss was going to win. Jalen Milrow ended up being on the, that. That was one of five bets that also didn't hit. Um, every single bet that I put out last week lost. So I hope nobody put that. money on any of that. What do you mean the ten for eight hundred dollars didn't turn out? That's I think surprise. it was. I think it was ten for like nine forty. Yeah, that's a surprise. Um, but yeah, uh, good for Bama. They got. They still have a fight in this, um, and could potentially still win that SEC. Uh, Penn State putting on a clinic during their whiteout game against Iowa. And before we start, I will say, I put that bet in. I honestly didn't realize how bad Iowa was until uh-huh. after we recorded. Uh-huh. And I will, I, I was talking to Colin about this the next day after we recorded, before it was even put out. They are actually terrible. But I'll uh-huh. give Penn State their roses. They played fantastic. Their defense is good. Okay. Um, you guys can take it, and then I'll come back in. So last week, it's hard to play in the whiteout at Beaver Stadium. That is one of the toughest atmosp- atmospheres to play in. And I think the big takeaway from this, I mean, it's Iowa. I know I'm about to say this, and then you guys are going to be like, oh, it's Iowa, their offense sucks. I know that. They have a chance that this is, like, the best defense in the country. And saying that, they held Iowa to 76 yards. You don't just – a ranked Division One college football team just doesn't put up 76 yards. Like, that's – their defense is legit. I think it's possibly the best in the country. I already know what you have written down. Drew Aller, you know, he didn't throw for that much. I'm, he didn't at, I'm, I'm only going to briefly attack Drew Aller. Keep yeah. going. Keep going. He had, the four, he had the four touchdowns. It wasn't a lot, but again, they got done what they needed to get done. This Penn State team is legit because of their defense. And if the running backs show up because they have two of the best in the country, I think they can compete for the Big Ten in the playoff spot. Okay. Uh, I think Drew Aller had the most nonchalant four-touchdown game ever. 25 of 37 for only 166 yards, but four touchdowns. I don't know where that comes from. Iowa sucks. Um, Cade McNamara, five completions. Mm -hmm. Yes, the Penn State defense is phenomenal. It is top five in the country. I'm not going to diss the Penn State defense whatsoever. I'll diss Drew Aller occasionally. But I'm just going to throw some things out about Iowa. One, you claim to be a top 25 team in the country and you put up five completions. I don't care how good of a defense you're facing. You don't deserve to be in the top 25. Additionally, this Iowa team did not get a single AP point. They didn't get a single point in voting this week. Like, they were top 25 and got nothing this week. Colorado, who lost 42-6, to they got 32 points. UCLA, who got dropped from the rankings in a 14-7 to loss, an abysmal offensive showing as well, they got 28 points. They got nothing. So, yes, Penn State's good at what they do, but I'm sick of Iowa. I've said it for multiple <laughs> weeks. I'm done with them. They do not deserve any recognition whatsoever. And Kate McNamara said in the offseason that this Iowa offense is going to be different. No, it's not, you loser. You guys shut out and you put up five completions. Put a sock in it. Um, great win for Penn State, though. I will say that. I'll give them that. Uh, yeah, I mean, you talked about Aller only throwing for 166 yards. I'll say the same thing. Again, four touchdowns, great. But I mean, the yardage again. Um, their defense, yes, is great. But honestly, I know I said last week that Iowa was was gonna compete. They did not, and they and there was no way that they were going to. And I had no clue. How bad and they then were. yeah, how <laughs> terrible they were. Um, 
which brings me to my next point. Yes, Penn State's defense is still elite. I'm not. I don't want to take away, but they have not faced an elite offense or anywhere near a good offense yet. I think their true test is going to be seeing a good offense, and the biggest thing is a good defense. I mean, taking away that or a good run defense more specifically. I think taking away the run from Penn State is going to force Aller to throw more, and then you'll see what they truly have in that quarterback, and that's going to be where we see maybe some of those errors yeah, on that, that's on that's that like, aspect. Like you said, like they haven't really faced anybody yet, but at the same time, it's like Drew Aller hasn't been like the most impressive this year, but he doesn't have to be. Like no, and I'm not even no. winning these games. It, he doesn't. Easily. He doesn't. He doesn't have to go out and be fan and be like amazing because they mm-hmm. have such a good running back room and such good defense, and he just has to do what he has to do to win. But, and again, like they don't, like they pick their schedule, but they don't pick their schedule. Like they don't get to choose who they play and when. I I don't want to take away from where the teams are at in their schedule and how top heavy or how like bottom heavy it is rather than top heavy. We'll see. They still have to play Ohio State. They still have to play Michigan, of course. And like those games are going to be a true testament to see what Penn State's like and what that defense can really do against a good offense. Um, but as of right now, they're sitting top ten still. I think what are they five six? Yeah. Did they move up? Yeah. Seven. Is it six? six? I would say I think they moved up a bit. Um, so good for them. We'll see what happens. Uh, speaking of Ohio State in the Big Ten, Ohio State going into South Bend, beating Notre Dame on the last second goal line play. We watched that together. Very, very upsetting game for me, but still a, a great game nonetheless, a great ending. Um, I'll let you take it first. Yeah, it was awesome, and it was a defensive showing, which mm-hmm. we kind of outlined a little bit. We both gave credit to both of these defenses. And you talked about Drew Aller kind of doing just – doing enough to get these wins for Penn State. Kyle McCord's going to be mm-hmm. the exact same. And this Ohio State defense is allowing the second fewest points in the country, 8.5 per game, in the same way that Penn State is doing the same thing with Aller back there. It was a great win for Ohio State. Notre Dame, they impressed me. They did, mainly on the defensive side. I was not familiar with their game, as the, as the quote goes, but um, a phenomenal win for Ohio State. And they put them in the, they're in the top four now in the country. Yeah. I mean, you got, like, we watched this. It was kind of during our little anything-but-a-cup party. So, like, there were some other things I was focusing on. I didn't have, like, my <laughs> full attention on the game. But, um, I mean, from what I saw, I, I don't want to, like, because obviously you're Notre Dame fans. So I don't want to, like, rub this in. But, like, there was a point where I thought this game was in the bag, so I kind of stopped watching it. And then I just heard you start screaming. You're like, no. no I looked trust up, me. And I, then I, I saw thought Ohio so, State too. scored. And, I had no clue what was going on. So. It was like it was like that third and it was like that third and eighteen player, third and fifteen from like the thirty five, mm. and that was when Kyle McCord had the pass down to like the one yard line, and then they stopped them on the goal line the first play, and the second play he got in. Well, I didn't realize until after the game. I guess there was only ten guys on the field for the I defense. S- I saw uh-huh. that. And there was a, plays, yeah but... for two straight plays. I don't know how you do that when you're trying to. You know, when? win this. Yeah, when you're trying to win this game, you have a great defense, great defensive line, and the the run literally went to where the missing guy was. Like yeah. it was on the left side of the of the offensive line, the right side of the defensive line. It was. I mean, again, I get. I give Ohio State credit. Like you said, it was a great defensive game. Um, the one thing that I wanted to say, Ryan Day is just a weirdo for calling out Lou Holtz yeah, after yeah. the game. Like I understand what Lou Holtz said on the Pat McAfee show the day before. 
But also, Lou Holtz is one of the greatest coaches of all time in college football and football in general. Ryan Day, you, like, this dude can't even walk without help, and you're, you're calling him out. I think that's weird. Um, need to be quiet, and uh, Kyle McCord, like you said, will do what he can, do what he needs to to get by with this team. But I thought it was weird that he was shushing the crowd when he didn't even have a passing touchdown that night. So, Well, he's just happy to be there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just here so I don't get fined. Uh, we'll, we'll jump to the Pac-12. We've got Oregon. You know, doing it for wins instead of clicks, as uh, their coach said, as a diss at Colorado. Um, did they put the Colorado story to rest? No, and everyone's still going to talk about Colorado. It has nothing mm-hmm. to do with Oregon. But anyone that calls Dan Lanning a loser for his speech, get over yourself. It's not like he didn't want the cameras to be there. He's doing his job, and then this team went and dominated the supposed mm-hmm. Cinderella story of the season 42-6. to six. Um, and Bo Nix solidified himself as a Heisman candidate, which just makes me laugh for all the Bo Nix memes that have appeared over the years. Um, Oregon's a very, very good team, and Colorado, they're fun. They're still going to be in the headlines, the storylines. They're going to get killed by USC this week still, but they're not going anywhere, and they should still be proud of everything that yeah. they have done. Yeah. They didn't get the, the, the heartthrob story didn't get put to sleep. No. I think, well, okay, I'll start with Oregon. Their offense is amazing, mm-hmm. like an offense that's going to compete till the last week of the season, a chance to possibly compete like in the playoff if they like stay this red hot. Yeah. For Colorado, the hardtop story isn't put to rest. There's a chance it gets put to rest soon, though. USC this week, they have Utah to end the year. I know that. Before that, they have Washington State. They still have to play UCLA. They still have to play Oregon State. Like they have tough games they have on the schedule. Disgusting schedule. Yeah, yeah, and they don't and they don't even have to play like that's they don't even have to play Washington. But imagine if they did have Washington well, on yeah. the schedule. So, but we I literally just brought this up because I was checking FanDuel because I was checking the sports books to get some bets like ready. <laughs> There's literally a section on FanDuel that's just Colorado. Like they you have like bet on Colorado. <laughs> like if yeah. you're in like New York, like they have like it'll be like the Giants or the Yankees. Like they have that set up. It literally just says Colorado. They're coming off of a 42-6 loss, and they get their own section in the FanDuel Sportsbook. Like, it, that's insane to me, like, the, the amount of hype that they're getting and the intention that they're getting. And now they're going up against the number eight team in the country. Yeah. The ending Heisman Trophy winner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I also said, no, the story isn't put to rest. It's still amazing what this team has been able to do. Um, they had one win last year and came into the season, beat TCU, a playoff contender from last year, but, again, a completely different team. Um I think that everyone will still follow what Colorado is doing, and I think this is just putting them on the map to start. Um, But going to Oregon, I think Oregon is really showing how good the Pac-12 is. This is the first time in conference history that there's four teams in the top ten, and this is the last time that's ever going to happen as well. Uh, But Oregon, I mean, we haven't really seen, like, a dominant Oregon team in a while. I think Bo Nix has really, you know, helped boost that and – I think Oregon can really compete uh, for the Pac-12, as can any of those teams in the top 10. Mm. Um, but I think this was a very impressive showing on their part. And going continuing with the Pac-12, Utah just keeps winning, and Cam Rising hasn't even started yet. Utah, I was looking at this. Let me just read this off for you, the remaining schedule, okay? They just finished up with UCLA. Number 19, Oregon State. Then they play Cal. Then they go to USC play Oregon the following week, 
Then they get a little break with Arizona State. Then they're at Washington, Arizona, and then finish the year against Colorado. They have a worse schedule that, than Colorado has. That might has. be the most insane <laughs> end to a schedule I've ever seen. That's horrible. That's literally like all the top Pac-12 teams <laughs> to finish off your season. The way you get through that, there's your ticket to the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. 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 One spot. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the Utah defense is phenomenal. It's a 14-7 to win over UCLA that I mentioned earlier. Uh, the offense has not been pretty without Rousey whatsoever. Um, but they're sixth in the country in points allowed, only 9.5 per game. Um, there are six teams surrendering less than 10. They are one of those six, which has kind of been like the opposite of the Pac-12. The rest of the Pac-12, it's all about the quarterbacks. It's all about the offense. And Utah is doing the opposite. So I'm excited for these Utah matchups. It's not going to be the shootout. Either they'll just get killed like 45 to 10, or they will get into these 17 to 13 games. Well, I think the, the lack of quarterback play, obviously, can end up being what boosts them in, in the end and getting Cam Rising back. I mean, it's still going to be interesting once he gets back in this lineup and yeah. seeing, seeing what he does. But they took down USC twice last year, once yeah. in the regular season and then in the Pac-12 championship. Utah could definitely compete with any of these teams, and like you said, their defense being so amazing. These high-scoring teams in the Pac-12, I feel like it's just like these pounding games. We just saw it with Oregon, obviously, putting it, putting on a clinic. And then if you go up against a good defense, well, you know, that could be that could end up you know leading to a shootout in an experienced team and an experienced quarterback like Rising. I think that Utah really has a chance as well in this pack. I mean, I feel like everyone has a chance in this Pac-12. It's open. It's yeah, it's completely open. There's no clear-cut number one. There's just so many good teams. Like it's yeah. Well, another top twenty-five matchup: Mizzou, Washington State taking down Oregon State. Battle of the Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Battle of the Pac-2, as it was <laughs> called. Um, I'm going to say something that a lot of people might not know about. Cameron Ward is mm-hmm. the quarterback at Washington State. And we talk about Caleb Williams, Bo Nix, Michael Penix Jr. They are the lead dogs for the Heisman in the Pac-12. I think it's time we throw Cameron Ward in there. Completing 74.6% of his passes, 1,390 yards, 13 touchdowns, not a single interception. He's got more yards than Williams, more touchdowns than Nix, and less interceptions than Penix. So... Is he combined as good as those three? No. But I do think that we need to shine some light on Cameron Ward. I think that Washington State has a legitimate chance to push along with everyone else. They're not in the top ten yet, yet, and I say that very lightly, um, because Cameron Ward has been doing some phenomenal things, and nobody cares about him whatsoever. But I care about you, Cameron (laughs) Ward. I am proud of what you are doing, getting a very good win over Oregon State. Well, you kind of just took what I was going to talk about. You got it, man. Cam Ward's legit. Washington State has an offense that could upset some of these Pac-12 teams. Like they're ranked, like they're gonna, like they're expected to be in these games, but they have an offense that could like possibly end like a USC or Oregon or Washington's like playoff hopes because they're just gonna put up 40, 50 points on them because they're just gonna gun it down the field every single possession. Yeah, I mean, talking about Washington State a little bit more. Well, t- I'll talk about Oregon State. I mean, DJ making the transition to Oregon State. I feel like that helped him a lot. He definitely yeah. looks a lot more comfortable there than he did at Clemson last year. Totally. I wanted to shine some light on that. But uh, going back to Washington State, you know, it. I, I don't want to compare them in talent because I obviously, you know, we saw Gardner Minshew in the NFL, and, like, he's still a solid backup quarterback, but nothing near what, you know, you would need for a franchise or a starter. But I think that, like, Washington State – 
I think Cam Ward kind of reminds me of what it was like when Minshew went there. Uh, that team was a high-powered offense, ended up being ranked at the end of the year, got into a pretty big bowl game, and ended up actually winning. I think, uh, you know, this program is meant to play spoiler for a couple of those teams in the Pac-12, and I think they're going to be interesting to see for the rest of the year. I think they'll end up in, in the top 15 by the end of the year, and like you said, it. I mean, Cam Ward can definitely fight for a Heisman spot depending on what his stats are like by the end of it. Yeah, and ESPN, I'm just looking at this now, put out a story of like a Heisman tracker, and there are top five players. Four out of the five are in the Pac-12, mm-hmm. um, and Cam Ward sitting there until Jordan Travis in fourth. I think Jordan Travis is going to slide out of there at some point, not to jump the gun. We're going we're gonna to talk about Florida State, but the Pac-12 is just so good, and the quarterback play in particular, it's so much fun to watch. Any game you put on in the Pac-12 is awesome. Always those late-night games, too, yeah. at 10.30. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's jump to Florida State in South Carolina and Clemson. Death Valley came out on top, their first win there since 2015 when Florida State won the national championship. I want to let somebody else go first on this one because okay. I've been going first the whole time. Kate Klubnik, Jordan Travis, you know, they didn't have, like, the best games, but they still battled. They had pretty decent games, both of them. I think this is a good showing for Clemson. Like, they lost, okay? They lost. But, again, I said this last week, like, going into this game, people were kind of, like, clowning Clemson because of the Duke game. Again, Duke's still a good team. I think they showed, like, they could still – they're still a good team. They just hung with Florida State and took them to overtime. So, I think the disrespect that Clemson's getting should at least be gone. Syracuse plays Clemson this week. I don't know how I feel about that. Anymore. I think it's going to be a clinic. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I think Syracuse will do good. Garrett Schrader's going to go run for 150 yards <laughs> and two touchdowns while throwing for 125 and one. <laughs> but yeah, this Clemson team is. They may not be like the top four team that we expected coming into the year, but they're still good. Like they, like you said last week, they they will end the year ranked definitely. They're going to battle in the ACC. I mean, the ACC like the Pac-12, is still pretty open. I mean, it's kind of a two- or three-dog race at this point. Um, Duke and Riley Leonard, I think, have their biggest test when Notre Dame comes to town this week Excited. after we've seen that. And college game, college yeah, game, yeah, college college game, game day. day. It's the first time Durham. ever for football, I believe. Yep. Um, that'll be exciting, and I, I'll, you know, I'll be watching that game. But uh, Florida State never led in this game. I thought it was kind of a testament to show that uh, Jordan Travis can overcome that. And, again, the history that Florida State had in Death Valley, that was a huge thing. He didn't have the best performance, but coming back down in that deficit and even winning in overtime, um, I think that showed a lot about this Florida State team, that whether it's a conference rivalry or just a difficult game in general, I think they can persevere and, you know, get through that. I, one, I completely agree with you, Colin, regarding um, – Clemson, they're a good team. If Syracuse beats them on Saturday, Syracuse should be ranked in the mm-hmm. top 25 because that's a good win no matter what, um, no matter the year. But Florida State, you barely squeaked out over BC, which is a very bad, bad, mm-hmm. bad team yeah. to squeak out over. Um, they got killed by Louisville over the weekend. They gave up 56. Um, and then you barely squeak it out against Clemson, which is a good team, yes. Florida State's going to lose a game. I am very confident in that. They're going to lose a game at some point. The ACC is not going to get a bid in the playoff. That's my entire point here. Um, they, It's fun to live on the wire. It's fun to live on the edge. But it's kind of only good to do it when you're doing it against quality opponents. And they haven't done that. Been doing that against quality opponents. And they have Duke in, uh, in three weeks on October 21st. They still have Miami. They finished the season against Florida. They still have top 25 opponents. And again... 
it won't happen, but hypothetically, if Syracuse were to beat uh, Clemson this weekend, they're Syracuse, another top 25 team. They're going to drop one of these games at some point. Yeah. I'm, I'm very confident in that. They're not going to end up there. The Jordan Travis hype is going to fade away just because the Pac-12 quarterbacks are so good as well. Um, but again, a very good win over Clemson for now. Enjoy it. Soak it all up. Well, with that being said, we've got our this or that for this week. NCAA football, who wants to take it first? I'll go first. All right. We've talked a lot about the Big Ten today. And we've talked a lot about the Pac-12. So I'm going to propose the Big Ten defense or the Pac-12 offense. Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State are all top five in points allowed in the entire country. Meanwhile, USC, Oregon, Washington, and Washington State are all top five in points scored. Let's say hypothetical giant matchup, cream of the crop. Are we going with the Big Ten defense or the Pac-12 offense? Pac-12 offense. I would say inter- entertainment factor, I'm going Pac-12 offense. Um, I like those, you know, high-flying gunslinging matchups. Mm-hmm. Bra- get, give me a give me a 54-42 to 42 game. I, I want to mm-hmm. see, you know, a shootout and all this scoring. Um Talent-wise, I also think there's a lot more to offer in the Pac-12 off Pac-12 offense. Um, Big Ten defense, good, solid. I think the only quality team that's been played between those three those three teams, and I know I'm a Notre Dame fan, but I think Ohio State playing Notre Dame is really the only team that can be offered up in that conversation so okay. far. So far, I think there's just a different style of football that gets played between the two. Like in the Definitely. Big Ten, at least like for right now, like we've just seen like hard nose like try and run it down their throats because like the passing just hasn't been there we're out west like you're just seeing them sling the ball <laughs> yeah. every single There's game no defense besides in utah yeah it's the only defense so it's, it's just like two different things and if you were to ask me do i think like i would would i take caleb williams Penix, cam ward or bo Nix just to sling the ball against these defenses or have these defenses stop them i'm taking one of those four quarterbacks to just absolutely light up any of these three defenses i'll take the defense to have something different and because if you show the the matchup is only involving that. Mm-hmm. I'll take the defense, but I think if you also throw the flip side in of Big Ten offense versus Pac-12 defense, there's mm-hmm. that too. That's not part of the question. Yeah, though. we're gonna end up seeing this in the playoff game. Yeah, somehow this will happen. The, ro- the Rose Bowl is still a thing. Yeah, we'll get to see <laughs> it, which I'm looking forward to. Um, I'll take it next because mine kind of goes with the Pac-12. Uh, if Caleb Williams does not repeat as he is favored right now in the mm-hmm. Heisman at plus three fifty odds. Who is going to win the Heisman? I know it's broad. I know it's broad, but just in general, who who do you who do you guys think? Shador Sanders. No, <laughs> um, I don't know because like Michael Penix is amazing, but I'm really starting to get on this Oregon like hype train. Like I think like they might be my team in the Pac-12, and so I'm, I'm gonna go with Bo Nix. Like I feel like like you said, Bo Nix. Everybody like hates Bo Nix or like loves to clown Bo Nix, and he's proven them wrong. People will still clown Bo Nix, but I think it would be awesome to see him win a Heisman and just get up on the podium and just be in that Nissan commercial. Um, I think the logical answer is Michael Penix, but I'm going to say Bo Nix as well. And I pulled up my notes, which I have on, from February 28, 2022, that I kept seeing this on Twitter and on YouTube comments, and this is the line. This is the year. Bo Nix has improved so much uh, under this new offense. He's focused. He's having fun. I wouldn't be surprised if he's a dark horse for the Heisman. 
I don't know who came up with that, but I've still been saying it. That's why I keep referencing the dark horse thing for Bonex. I feel like he's always a dark horse for the high. Every single year, it's <laughs> the exact same. But this year, he's not as much of a dark horse. Give me the Bonex flyer, uh, just because it would be funny. Um, I I'm a big Penix guy. I I like Penix a lot. I like Washington's offense a lot. Um, so I said Penix. Penix is also tied for uh the favorite as well. So yep. I kind of also said, um, that I. I kind of just think it might end up being the quarterback to come out of the Pac-12. If any of them, if any of them go undefeated or end up, you know, making it to the, I think I think a team from the Pac-12 will make it to the playoff, even if they have one one loss. Yeah. But it just depends on who comes out of it. I think the winner of the Pac-12, that quarterback, will do it. But I'm gonna go with Penix just as of right now. I, I was. Like if you're in the Pac-12 and you end this, if a team could end the season with one loss, I think that's impressive. Yeah. But also, I was just thinking the same thing. Like as as we started talking, like I think Oregon's got the better chance to be the better team than Washington. I think Washington will, you know, they might drop a game, they might drop two games, they Michael, could drop three games. You know, Michael Michael Penix could run for a touchdown in double overtime and yeah. you know get it across the pylon the last second. <laughs> Been a Syracuse fan my whole life, so. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> what do you got? So, you talked about you think Alabama can still be a playoff team. I do. There's two teams. Really, I mean, there's there's still a couple teams fighting. Like you still have Texas A&M out there, but in in my opinion, there's two teams in the SEC West that are fighting for that chance to go play and probably lose to Georgia in the SEC championship. And that's LSU and Alabama. I think they're 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 ranked like right next to each other in the rankings. Mm-hmm. Whether it's I think it's like fourteen, fifteen, or something like 12 that. And 13. Twelve and thirteen. Twelve and thirteen. thirteen. Yeah. So just pick those two. Which one? Which one's making to the SEC championship to lose to Georgia? Bama. Yeah. I'm Bama. A sicko and pick LSU. Um, are you gonna pick LSU? Because well, if you guys Bama. both pick Bama, I'll take LSU. Because <laughs> oh, I'm I'm picking Bama. Um, Jim Bama. Kelly's legit. A loss to Texas is not a bad loss, but they're over there competitive Kelly, in that game. Brian Kelly. Or Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly. <laughs> you got me thinking Oregon, though. You got me thinking Oregon. Um, and LSU getting killed by Florida State in week one still concerns me a little bit. Um, and this Florida State team is not going to end up being as good as we thought they were. So give me Bama. Give me Saban. Dynasty's not dead. I don't think it will be dead anytime soon. Let me tell you, you just said Brian Kelly's legit. Brian Kelly is most certainly not legit. I, I have been a Notre Dame Kelly fan. On the other hand, I have so. been a Notre Dame fan my entire life. He's gotten to a BCS Bowl. He's gotten to two college football playoffs. He's not done a single thing <laughs> with he those. There. He gets to LSU. He's supposed to be in this big program down in the bayou, you know, make them huge, get all this recruitment, get everything going. And then he loses the first game in his each each of his first two seasons. He is not a legit head coach. I'm done. I, you know, the way he left Notre Dame is still leaves a sour taste in my mouth, if you couldn't tell. Left his daughter there to take classes. <laughs> yeah. Bama, on the other hand, uh, Nick Saban, the the era is not dead. He's not going anywhere. I don't care who's the quarterback. It's still Bama. They still have a chance to make it to the SEC final, and I think they're going to do it. Um, if they didn't lose this weekend, I don't see them losing the rest of the year. But, here's the but. Have you heard Brian Kelly's accent now? It, it's fake. It's fake. No, it's, it's fake. Not. Yes, no, it is. But. <laughs> so are you taking LSU? I'll take LSU, Because, yeah. because Brian Kelly's legit? Yeah, he's legit. Man, I can't wait for I, November He finally, he finally has a good team to Bama coach, so he's there. I, that'll, that might be the first time I ever root for Bama in, in, my, in my life. <laughs> uh, we're going to go into the halftime hustle. Of course, we're going to start it out with everyone's favorite segment, Drip of the Week. Who, who, who wants to I take it? I got away? it. You got it, big boy. 
Oregon put a whomping on Colorado <laughs> this weekend. Embarrassed them. Dion got shown what it's like to play against a real football team. Your friend, and your, Michael Ricker, might be listening to this. You that's don't fine. Kill his, you that's don't fine. Spirits. I would like to say, I know he sent you the text that he's so ruined. He did tell me that he thought Oregon was going to kill Colorado going into this week. But how did Oregon do this? Wearing color-changing Nike oh, football yeah. cleats, which were nope. sick. They kind of look like, like dunk lows, and they changed based on the heat, you know? If, you know, left side of your foot's starting to get really hot compared to the right side, they're different colors. It was sick. If you look at them, it's kind of like, like a heat map from, I don't know, geography, whatever you want to talk about it. But they were cool. I think it's cool. It's something that, like, if I played football, I'd want those cleats badly. But I don't. I play flag football with you guys. <laughs> Maybe I'll still get the cleats. You, <laughs> should, you should just get them. You should just nah, get them. Oh, actually, get we don't even have any flag football. Yeah, we don't have any games. Just, just get them and wear them around campus. I bet you everyone would love <laughs> yeah. them. Um... I'll take it next. I Mine is kind of broad, but the Utah Jazz released their throwback uniforms uh, yesterday in honor of their 50th season. Truthfully, I think that uh, these uniforms, this color scheme should have just came back in general. I think when they changed the black and yellow, it just was ugly. But in general, uh, um, I'm going to talk about the NBA and all of their throwback uniforms that they've been announcing this year. The Timberwolves also released some throwbacks. Uh, with the neon green and uh, you know royal blue, I really like those ones as well. The the Orlando Magic have the star uniforms back with the stars in the print, and then also with the lettering, and then also the Charlotte Hornets with the uh, double stripe um, throwbacks as well. So maybe more to come. Hopefully, some 76ers black throwbacks would be amazing. Uh, but the NBA right around the corner. We got some new uniform news. I love the Utah purple. Mm-hmm. Purple's my favorite. John Stockton for all the fans out there. <laughs> anyway, um, my drip of the week is the headline of the NFL world mixed with the headline of the pop music world. Um, not Travis Kelsey's outfit, though, but specifically Travis Kelsey's car that he drove off after the, <laughs> the game. The convertible? Yes, with Taylor Swift. 1970 Chevrolet Chevelle convertible. Um, driving off into the sunset, quite literally. Got the traffic light. Got the roof down. Uh, two of them went out to dinner, supposedly, after a game. Um, uh, absolutely killed Chicago, too. An awesome day for the Kelsey-slash-Swift fanhoods. I'm living for it. I hate celebrity love stories. I don't think we need to go deep dive into this entire discussion, but I hate it. This is the first time ever that I've actually been interested in it. I like Taylor Swift. I'm not a huge but, Taylor Swift fan, but I like her. So before, we, like before we jump to Players of the Week, like... I, I cannot go anywhere without seeing anything about this, but also like anytime you open up your phone. On mm-hmm. to, on top of her being at the game, his jersey sales went up four hundred percent. Awesome. He gained five hundred thousand followers on Instagram. Awesome. And there was something else as well. I forget exactly what it was, but like the Taylor Swift fan base is insane. Yeah. I love seeing the stuff on Twitter now where it's like it's like oh for all the new Taylor Swift football fans, it's like trying to teach them the rules. And the one thing was like. It was like, okay, so you have four tries to get 10 yards. And, like, this girl, like, commented. And, like, she was dead serious. She was like, what do you mean by 10 yards? And he was like, well, you see, the big numbers are 10-yard increments, so you have to get past that. And, like, it's just funny watching them try and learn football through Twitter out of anything. I saw a similar one of some Swifty fan putting out, um, like, a horoscope yeah. radar. <laughs> Wait, to, and then it's, it's where they, his birthday yeah, is? Yeah, but they yeah. don't know when Travis Kelsey's uh, what time, what time he, was he was born at, so they couldn't specify it. But then this guy quote tweeted, I can't remember who it was that quote tweeted it. Um, 
and within the quote tweet he said these swifty fans are so enveloped in analytics or whatever they're gonna find a better solution for epa and how to judge qbr within the next week give them a week they'll find a way to discuss who should be the mvp um, which is just so much fun. I love these worlds colliding. We, need, we, need, cool. the, we need all the data. We need I, all saw, the data. I saw a Swifty uh, put the video up of Travis fighting in uh, like the training camp practice, and he was like, "He's if he's just ready to throw hands, there's no. It was like there's no reason he won't like punch Taylor if she tries to break up with him." Like, Jesus. <laughs> all right then, uh, we're gonna move on to our players of the week off that one. Um, I'll start us here. Mine is just Johan Rojas, uh, rookie from the Philadelphia Phillies. He the game-winning walk-off for the Phillies, clinching their playoff berth. Um, also, on the season, he batted 304. Yes, he only had 108, or 138 at-bats, but he also had 22 RBIs and 14 stolen bases. Uh, he's a bright future with the team, and I'm excited to see what he can do in the postseason, especially now that Harper plays first base. He gets a lot more time in the outfield. Congratulations to him. I'll go next. <laughs> uh, Mine, Jake Plummer, senior quarterback at Louisville. 18 of 21 for 388 yards, five tutties with zero interceptions and a 56 to 28 win over Boston College. QBR of 94.0. And his five passing touchdowns equaled his passing touchdown total from the first three games of the season. Hit five through the first three, shows up against BC, BC puts on a showing. Um, and Louisville is almost in the top 25 now. They're sniffing it. They're, Smell you later, uh, BC. Gonna gonna take this away from, you know, football, like the sports going on right now. As you guys both know, I'm a huge UFC guy. One of my favorite fighter, fighters by the name of Brian Battle. Won the Ultimate Fighter last year. Had a fight against AJ Fletcher this week. Won by near, near rear naked chokehold four and a half minutes into the second round. And then dubbed himself in his post-fight interview as the king of the apex. For those who don't know, and maybe you guys don't know, the UFC, when they're not having pay-per-views, they have fight nights, and that is at this one one place in Vegas. It's called the, the you know the UFC Apex, and that's where they have these fights at when they have fight nights. He has six wins there. He's only been doing this in there for two years, maybe. So he's got six wins in that time, including his Ultimate Fighter fights. Dubbed himself King of the Apex. I'm for it. He's one of my favorite fighters, and just get a little diversity. We'll get a UFC fighter in for Player of the Week. I like it. I was actually trying to see if there was a card this weekend that we could talk about at the beginning of the show. There is not. There is a big fight coming up in two weeks that we'll Lock talk about. Lockup all there. My, uh, when I heard about Apex, I was thinking Apex. 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 See, oh. I was getting ready to go to Oh, I, I thought I was actually thinking Apex Legends for a hot second. I was <laughs> they have, they have, they, Apex Entertainment has everything you could ever need. A good friend of Joe Girard told me. That. <laughs> Joe Girard's actually he's, Joe he's coming Joe here. Joe Girard himself told <laughs> yeah. me. <that>. Yes. <laughs> Joe Girard will be will be back yeah. in Q's now that the, uh, the Q's basketball schedule was released. Yeah. Um, moving on to our final segment, the NFL. Um, starting out, we all had pretty bad weeks with our teams. Uh, they all lost. Washington's done. They're never winning another game again. I'm just gonna cry the rest of the season. No, they're coming back and beating the Eagles this week. Actually, <laughs> they beat them last year. They did Monday Night Football. Remember that, guys, when you're listening to this. <laughs> um. They weren't going to win. This is the Giants. They hung in there in the third quarter. I was pleasantly surprised by that. Matt threw the touchdown and gave me a little bit of hope. They weren't going to win that game. They're playing without their all-pro left tackle, former all-pro running back, without their left guard. They had no chance. Um, but they hung in there. And I'm looking forward to this week against Seattle. Should be fun. San Francisco's a very good football team. Probably the most embarrassing loss of the week outside of losing by 50. I think Denver. Um, yeah, I, I would say outside of losing by 50. 
Yeah, but Chicago was like doomed. Washington, <laughs> Washington put up three yeah, but wa- but Washington wasn't expected to win. Like, like more than three points. points. Yeah, they three kicked points. a field goal. Okay, like three minutes and, the, and the Jags, the Jags lost by twenty to the Texans. CJ Stroud is good. I'll give him. I'll give him his. I'll give him his flowers. But there's one game. I was telling Colin this before we started. There's one game last year that really lit a fire in the Jags and had them start this big winning streak, and that was when they got absolutely blown out by the Lions, um, and everyone thought all hope was lost. I think this is that game. Um, it's a game that they were supposed to win. It's at home. It's against a division rival, and they just get their boot, their teeth kicked in. Um, Press Taylor's done calling plays. Uh, Doug Peterson's taking back over. I'm calling it right now. Uh, I think they, they go to London. They're the first team to ever play two back-to-back London games. They're going to – Calvin Ridley plays against his former team, the Atlanta Falcons. I see him having a big game. I see Trevor getting back to what he looked like week one. Um, they'll be fine. It's early. I'm not worried. But, you know, just a very difficult loss. One and two, with. buddy. Yeah, very Welcome difficult loss. Welcome to lock. the one and two plan. Not only that, the, the Colts are in first. My least favorite team, the Colts. Great. Great pick. Just to, just to add salt – well, not add salt to the wound, but just make this room even sadder. Washington may have historically the worst offensive line in NFL history. They have <laughs> How does up. that make me sad? That doesn't, yeah, yeah. No, but you're, you're, you're talking about sadness with the Jags. I'll bring up why I think Washington now has no chance to do anything the rest of the year. They have given up the second most sacks in NFL history through this point, through three weeks in the season. <laughs> Sam Howell's been sacked 19 times <laughs> in three weeks. It's kind of crazy. Insane. He was pressured on 70% of the plays on Sunday. That means pretty much every four dropbacks, he was lucky to get one that he wasn't getting pressured on. This offensive line's horrible. Washington's not going to do anything the rest of the year. Any team with one good rusher, no matter if it's a D tackle or edge rusher, is just going to put up five, six sacks on Washington. They're done this year. Poor I'm guy. off the hype train. I'm officially rooting for Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> no, no, probably the Niners. I picked them to win the Super Bowl. That's my <laughs> team now. Go Niners. Go McCaffrey. Go Bosa. Well, looks ugly, man. Yeah. Sam Howell, I know the pressure thing. There no. were a lot of bad it, Sam Howell. Yes, there too. was. Yeah. So it might be Jacoby A lot of terrible season. decisions. Great it ugly. might be Jacoby Brissett's season. That was fast. That yeah, was that was very fast. Um, well, let's go to the real ugliest loss of the week, and that's the Broncos. Can Russ and Sean Payton steer the Broncos in the right direction this week? They play the Bears, so... I mean that's that's really the only reason if, I put that in here. If they can, that's bad. Like this Bears team is like I think gonna go down as a historically bad team. Like the Broncos should win this game. Broncos suck. The Bears suck so bad I think the Broncos should win this game by double digits. That's how bad the Bears are. If the Broncos lose this game, Sean Payton should be fired. Yeah. He won't be fired, but he should be. Like by the time the game ends, if they're down by ten with a minute left, he should already be taking off his headset because he should be fired. Um, Broncos lost by fifty last week to Miami, which is which is comical, insane. But they've got a minus fifty-five point differential, meaning they lost their first two games by a combined five points. So clearly, they're not that terrible. There are two teams in the NFL that have a worse point differential than them. One of them is the Giants. Yeah, which is funny, uh, considering they won a game and yet they still have a minus. Uh, I think they're like minus 56 point differential. And there's one other team that has a worse point differential. Can either of you guess who that team is? It's the Bears. It's the Bears. Yeah. Yes. The team that they're playing is the, the, only, the only other team that has a worse <laughs> point differential. So if you can't win this, I'm sorry to any Bronco fan, player, coach, anyone related to the Denver Broncos. 
blow everything up if you find a way to lose this game in Chicago. I'm not. I really I I don't like the Broncos at all. I I will say my uncle is cousins with Sean Payton. I don't have any ties to Sean Payton, but like I just cannot stand Russ, so I hope the Broncos go down and just like burn. Um, but the Bears are absolutely terrible, so I see no reason that the Broncos shouldn't win this. Um, it's just like it's gonna be the worst game of the week, though. I'm like, looking forward no, to it. Uh, yeah, I am looking forward to it. <laughs> but also, like, the Broncos are kind of screwed because they also gave up a first and a second for Sean Payton. <laughs> that is true. That is true. And then no, but then they also traded for Will Lutz. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I also think that the Bears, like, if they if they were to lose out, though, the, well, si- let, the situation they could put themselves in with having a chance of the top two picks and taking Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison is insane to me. Honestly, let's let's talk about the Bears. Let's talk about Justin Fields, per se. He's horrible. My God. It will, happy <laughs> I was going to say, will we, will we see him turn it around, or is it time for the Bears <laughs> to start panicking? Is it possible for think, him to turn it around? I don't think panic is even the right word. I think it's just wave the white flag and go home. And go draft Caleb Williams. The guy's garbage. And I don't know. I get like the offseason hype um, coming into this season because he was great the last five six weeks as a rushing quarterback. I would say he wasn't. He, he was not. He was not great like passing wise, which is why I was I was so confused why everyone was so high on him at the end of last year. Like one hundred percent, he was getting thirty fantasy points. But fantasy doesn't translate to a good quarterback on the field, He's and some people need to realize that. Either. Yeah. Um, and you bring in DJ Moore, so that's a concept of making him Who, better. He won't even throw the ball to. But he has made no progress. In fact, I borderline say he's regressed. He can't read a defense. I can't read a defense, but well, that guy really can't read a defense. I think I, it's I think it's funny because I don't know like I just I don't know why, but I remember that Ohio State Clemson game that sent Ohio State to the national championship when they beat. I don't, that wasn't was that was Trevor Ohio. still there for that? No. Yeah, that was B- Bama. Bama no, beat. Ohio. Uh, Bama beat Cle- or wait, wait, no, no, no Ohio State beat, beat Clemson because that was that was the year that was the year they both got drafted. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. he because he took the shot to the ribs in that game. Well, yeah, and then I I just remember I remember he threw this deep ball right over the middle. I like remember that too. Yards. I just remember the announcers saying like, "Look how he reads the field on this play. Like, is poised in the pocket. This dude can't do anything. Now. <laughs> he, as soon as the ball hits his hands, he just tries running away. Like, well, it's that's insane. that's what I was gonna say. Is like it's comical watching this offense because. He'll get the ball off the snap, and even if he has like three seconds or like four or five he's seconds, running. he's getting he'll, out of that He'll pocket. sit there and like look around, or I don't even know if he's looking around. Like he might just be looking to see where he could run to, and he just starts like rolling out to the left, and then he just takes off, and he takes off for like two yards, and either slides or gets absolutely killed by the defense. It's so bad, but it's so funny at the same time. Like if you're a Bears fan, I'm sorry, but also. I don't like Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. Never liked Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. Good for him that he's doing terrible. And then also to mention, like we're talking all this crap, their defense sucks too. Yeah, like, it's, they're, it's, they're, they're like yeah. Ab- they're abysmal. It's it's crazy to say, and we said this the other day, they would have been better off keeping Mitch Trubisky. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he's a game manager. Yeah, he's perfectly <laughs> fine. And they also, mind you, they gave up a first round pick to go get Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. Whether Kayvon Thibodeau and Evan Neal end up actually doing anything, but. That's a separate discussion. Oh, Kayvon Thibodeau loves to do stuff against the commanders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Was it week six, week seven? That's soon. We <laughs> were talking night. about this. That's yeah. like three yeah. weeks from now. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> well, we could talk about uh, the team opposite of the Broncos this past week, and that's the Miami Dolphins putting up 70 points. They'll play in Buffalo this week. Is this their first real test? 
Well, yeah. one r- real quick, uh, they could have put up seventy three. Yeah, but yeah. Mike McDaniel's not a dirt. He's a class guy. Yeah. Um, unlike Ron Rivera, who's a loser and has to kick a field goal <laughs> despite being down by thirty. I don't seven. like Ron Rivera. It's loser behavior. Get over yourself. Just wanted to throw that out there. Um, He's retiring anyway. He will. I think sure. I don't really care about it though. They played the Chargers week one. The Chargers are going to still make the playoffs. They got off to an zero and two start, but they're going to be okay. The AFC South is not that phenomenal. I don't think the Colts are going to sustain it. Mm-hmm. The Texans. Or I don't know why I said the AFC South. The West is good, but not even that good. They get to play Denver twice. Vegas hasn't looked good. Um, sure, I think it's a bigger test than the Chargers, but I think the Dolphins are legit mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, I think the Dolphins have kind of proved. I, I think two is. I don't want to say no. putting the doubters to, no. to, to, no. to rest. Because he's not the most overrated and overhated quarterback in the league, first off. Nobody ever said that. Someone has said that. But he is also the MVP frontrunner now. He's proved his case. Having Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell has benefited benefited him a ton. Yeah, didn't even play. And Devon A-Chain and Raheem Mostert, my God. what like A-Chain didn't even play week one, had like two carries week two, and then ended up having over 200 yards rushing week three. Um, It's insane, and... I think this team like mm-hmm. it just keeps filling in spots and getting better and better every week. This offense is gonna like set the NFL record for most points scored. I'll say that now. I saw like like they it was on Instagram. It was like, can they do it? And they showed it and like what they're on pace for. Like I think they're gonna do it. Well, if you put seventy up in a game, it'll mm-hmm. yeah. cover you for it, two. It games. helps you a lot. <laughs> Tua is doing his job. Okay, he's not impressing everybody. Like if you like, I watched the game until I took a nap. But <laughs> like he just he just got the ball and just got it out quick. Like he was throwing quick passes. Like I don't think he sat in the pocket more than three four seconds. But he doesn't need saw. to. Well, he doesn't need to. But that's the, the thing. Receivers he's, he has, he just he's just them out yeah. yeah he's just out. he's just doing his job, just getting it done. Devin Achan or Achan. Oh you know, no, he said he wants yeah, to be called Achan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what I was gonna say. He he said now, <laughs> which is crazy because like you, how do you not come to the NFL and be like you're saying my name wrong yeah. like here? But now he has a big performance and now he's able to be like. By the way, you've been saying my name wrong for the whole preseason training camp. Here's how you say it, which I think is kind of funny that it took this long. Uh, are you going to continue on him or just his name? No, it's just his name. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I think you're talking about sad. his performance. No, I mean, he had a good performance. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it got really quiet. <laughs> um, let's go to the report coming out of the Jets locker room. Um, apparently, their defense is unhappy with Robert Sala sticking with Zach Wilson. Should the team, the fans, everyone be concerned about their locker room poise and, you know, everything that's been going on since Aaron Rodgers has gone down? I think I, – I don't think they should be upset, like, with the confidence of Zach Wilson. Like, for right now, like, it's hard just bringing a quarterback and give him, like, five days to learn an offense and say, here, be the starter. So, like, you can't just – like, Zach Wilson's your starting quarterback. You can't just be like, yeah, this guy sucks, like – even though he's got to play for us on Sunday, like, we don't want him here. Like, you still need to have confidence in him. But at the same time, their lack of, of drive to go find a new quarterback or at least find someone to bring into the quarterback room is a little concerning. They brought in Trevor Simeon. There's so many quarterbacks out there that would do better than Trevor Simeon. And I think that's the part that, like, if I was on this team, I'd be concerned about is, like, you're not trying to go get a new quarterback. You are fully admitting to us that you think Zach Wilson can do this despite him having the keys to the offense last year and him losing his job to Mike White 
and then Chris and, Traveler, and Chris Traveler on a Thursday night football game. There's no. They should have never got rid of Mike White. There's no reason. Mike White threw a touchdown this week. Yeah, he did. Bobby chosen. Didn't he throw two? Oh, he threw two. No, maybe he threw one. Well, I had a 60-plus yard bomb to Robbie Chosen or Chosen Anderson, depending yeah. on how he feels on the day. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think you need to like start punching each other yet. You're going to get killed by Kansas City this week, no matter what. But the week after you play Denver, if you lose Denver, then you can start punching each other. But I don't think that you need to. <laughs> I don't think you need to get that worked up yet. Um, and you also have to understand that. The moment you lose Aaron Rodgers, your season just dwindles no matter what. You're not a Super Bowl competitor. You'd like to be, but you're not at all. I understand the defensive frustration because their defense is, you know, one of the – it should be one of the high, higher regarded defenses in the league. Yeah. But, you know, if they weren't going out there every two minutes after a three and out, they wouldn't be gassed and they'd actually be able to stop some teams from putting up points. I mean, they were still in that game – with the England. Pats until yeah. the end, until the end, and I mean, yeah, it's a divisional game, but and you know, Zach Wilson or not Zach Wilson, uh, Mac Jones isn't like the greatest quarterback. Not the nicest guy. Either. Yeah, not the nicest guy. What he did to Sauce, but um, I think it's uh, a, <laughs> I think it's something to, you know, look at, and I agree with you that they didn't really go out and try and get another quarterback after Rodgers went down. Not to say that they're going to take the keys away from Zach Wilson, but just in general, like not even. Like thinking about what if we do need another backup, or what if that were to come into come into play? Well, now I that, think that was interesting. And now that Zach Wilson sucks, like I said, you bring in Trevor. Now Simeon. that he sucks, <laughs> well, okay, it's a new development. Now, right now that you know that you have a bottom two quarterback <laughs> that's playing for you right now, and you go and get Trevor Simeon, who has sucked when he does play. Now, you guys both know I hate this man, but you still have names of like Carson Wentz that are out there who at least can throw a football at like a you know he's fairly accurate and has a has a cannon on him that is true where is he nowhere he is nowhere <laughs> yeah him, him and matt ryan both reached out to the jets uh no i thought matt ryan said he didn't want to I, it was him and someone else reached out to, I mean, obviously oh, we know well i know that too but yeah. i think it was matt ryan <laughs> But I'm like just saying, he reached out. I'm just doing my. <laughs> no, no, no. Was, you're right. You're right. Honestly, I mean, he hasn't played in probably what like ten years, We're getting <laughs> close to that range. But like, I take Colin Kaepernick over Trevor Simeon. I don't know what the hell Trevor Simeon could do. But like, also, well, like, he played a couple games last year, didn't he? He's played a couple Simeon? years for multiple years. Well, yeah. Well, he played. He was. He was in New Orleans last year for a couple games when Winston has been hurt. He's been around. But again, I. I mean, this. I don't. Ha- I don't have to. I don't care if I. I'll put him on blast. I hate Carson Wentz. I hope he never wears a Washington jersey again. But he is a better viable option for New York right now than what they are doing. Well, like, I think, and I don't mean to, like, jump around a lot, but I think that with the Saints, Derek Carr going down for a couple weeks, Jameis Winston coming in, I mean, Alvin Kamara's coming back, but, like, Jameis Winston coming in, if he's going to be the backup once Carr comes back, depending on when that is, I think the the Jets could even look into like a trade for him of, of some sorts. Well, I saw I saw the Jets reach out to Washington about Jacoby Brissett when Aaron Rodgers went down. Oh, really? But he's about to be our starting quarterback, so they could <laughs> reach out for Sam Howell, I guess. I don't know. It's interesting, but also, I mean, like you have guys like Minshew and the Colts too. Like he's only there. He's the he's only there for a year, exactly. and There's Richardson will be coming back. Yeah, yeah they, they bring in Trevor Simeon. They don't. That's what I don't yeah. understand it. Yeah. Well, they gave up a lot for Rodgers, so maybe they don't want to give up a lot for another quarterback. Um, some more locker room issues, I guess. Devontae Adams upset with the Raiders says he doesn't want to be around. He doesn't want to wait around. He just wants to win. 
Yeah, um, I feel like Devontae Adams has kind of been thrown under the bus with the entire NFL's landscape over the last two years. Traded to Vegas to be with his college quarterback. He gets to play with Derek Carr. And Derek Carr leaves. Yeah. Just like that. Well, and then, well, additionally, he gets stuck with Jimmy G now. And on top of that, he lost Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. And now Aaron Rodgers isn't even in Green Bay. So he's just been put on this island of a dumpster fire. He had a great game. Um, on Sunday night against Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. uh, nearly beat me in fantasy because of it. I, he didn't. Well, I won three and zero. But um, the poor guy does a whole lot of nothing. Like, I just feel bad for him. The entire well, situation. Also, with like the Derek Carr thing, it's not even like Derek Carr walked out on him. Like the Raiders just benched Derek Carr the entire yeah. year, even mm-hmm. though like Jarrett Sidham and yeah, I feel bad. for him. And then at that point, Derek Carr's like, I'm not going to be a backup to someone that I'm better than, which is fair. Yeah. Like the Raiders pretty much forced him out of there. And now you just leave Devontae, which it is, again, fair that he doesn't want to be there when you're arguably the top receiver in the league. Like, you Mm -hmm. don't want to be with garbage quarterbacks on a garbage team just wasting your career away. Yeah. Well, I mean, not only him. Like, you also saw Josh Jacobs, who led the league in rushing last year. Like, the start start of the year didn't even want to be around the team and just wanted to trade, and it's not like they went really looking for one. Um, There is talent on the Raiders in those two guys, but then, like, after you get outside of that, like Chandler Jones is going through something right now. Nobody yeah. really knows what exactly, but he is. He's not there. Their defense, Max Crosby, is fantastic still, but their defense in general is kind of terrible. Even like, like like talking about them and like what they're doing to their players, like Hunter Renfro has been a viable, arguably like one of the top slot receivers in the NFL. And they and almost they were, cut yeah, him they after. Were cut him yeah, they just didn't. They don't want him. Like it, I don't know what is going on in Oakland or oh sorry, Las Vegas. <laughs> I'll tell you what's going on. Oh, yeah, hold on, nothing. <laughs> I don't know what's going on in Vegas, but it's like it's bad there. It really is. They're just forcing players out, and if players are around, they're clearly not there to win. Not and happy. you know, it's it's not a good situation. If that's the case, trade them, get John picks, Gruden do something. Mess this team up. Uh, Josh Dobbs and the Cardinals earned their first win over Dallas. He's not that bad. He is not that bad. He and you is. can't even buy his jersey at the pro no, shop. No, they, they changed that now. <laughs> they finally changed that. Um, he's not that bad, and the Cardinals aren't that bad. They could genuinely be 3-0 and right now with a couple of adjustments. If balls get tipped different ways, people drop a pass, whatever, they could legitimately be 3-0. and They are not a bad team. Uh my red flag is I'm looking at the Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. I hate them, so I'm going to be subjective regardless. But you play the Giants in that monsoon game, 40 nothing, awesome. And then you play the Zach Wilson Jets, and then you lose to the Cardinals. Is this Cowboys team actually good? We have talked to them as being the number, mm-hmm. like not just us, but the entire media. They're the best team in the NFL. And then you lose convincingly to the Cardinals. They were not in that game from the get-go. Mm-mm. Micah Parsons got ripped to shreds on a Josh Dobbs uh, option play. He just mm-hmm. runs to the outside. I I don't know what's going on with this Cowboys team. I don't I don't like I. I think the Cowboys just showed up and thought they were winning that game by fifty because I saw when they were like it was I think it was a one-score game and that was when like Josh Dobbs threw a touchdown to go up two scores. Yeah. And, like, that's the only part of that game that I saw because I did not watch that game. Again, I took a nap. Yes, I but, did, like, yeah. <laughs> just watching that back, like, they had no urgency. Like, the linebackers that were supposed to be over the middle were just, like, standing there, like, arms down. And even when the ball's in the air, like, they're just looking. <laughs> like, nobody had, like, it looked like they just thought they were going to walk in and win by 40. And I'm so glad that Josh Dobbs embarrassed Michael Parsons and then put the TikTok out after yeah. about it. That was amazing. Dodging the darts. Yeah. It was great. 
I mean, not only that, they lost uh, Trayvon Diggs this week. Like their secondary yeah. is is down. But even even at that, like Dallas was supposed to be this powerhouse, and they come in against the Cardinals, who again aren't a terrible, have not been a terrible team by any means. And I just feel like they got like they looked embarrassing. Yeah, they lost to the Cardinals team that the Giants had to overcome a twenty-one point deficit to beat, and you beat that Giants team forty to nothing, mm-hmm. and then you lose to them. Any given week, man. I love the NFL. Hey, and by the way, Sunday. the Giants getting killed against San Francisco was completely irrelevant to me, strictly because Dallas lost that game. So yeah. I feel a lot better about myself. <laughs> and Washington. That was hey, nice. you had something to root for on Sunday. <laughs> um, we'll talk about the Eagles. We'll talk about the Eagles quick. I their run their run game has been amazing these past Finally two weeks with DeAndre, DeAndre Swift. Yeah. Um, and they've only allowed they've allowed less than a hundred rushing yards in the past two games. I think they've only allowed like sixty five rushing yards total. Yeah, and especially regarding the running game, you got DeAndre Swift being your number one running back, but Kenneth Gainwell still getting carries, and we haven't seen as much of Jalen Hurts running the ball. There aren't many design runs besides the push push. Um, you're a loser if you think the push push should be banned. There are plenty of plays across mm-hmm. the NFL of teams running it, and it doesn't work. Get over yourself. Um, but DeAndre Swift also on my fantasy team. Total beast over the last two weeks, leading me to three and zero. And I don't think we're going to talk about him that much, but we'll quickly mention the Saints. Alvin Kamara, another good yeah. running back, uh, coming, coming back, back from this the suspension. Week. Also on my fantasy team. <laughs> my fantasy team is clicking right now, man. I'm three and zero. I'm got four hey, and zero com- on the complete on the reverse from last year. Exactly. <laughs> I am on top of the world. I'm the only person in our league to be three and zero. Now you're winning games. I'm feeling good about that. La- last year you were putting up numbers, but you're still. Still, still taking those losing. losses. Yeah. Now I'm putting up numbers and I'm winning, baby. Not putting up enough numbers that I've I've scored like 14 <laughs> less points than you, Yeah, pal. still less. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. But, All right. but just real quick, DeAndre Swift's been going off. Yeah. Jalen Hurst has not looked that good this year, which no. is mm-hmm. kind of – I mean, A.J. Brown's even getting mad at him. Which it's a I bit concerning. It, yeah, it is very concerning. I just want to throw that out there because we have Eagles fans that listen to this. Guys, but um, – <laughs> Yeah, I don't it's know. Average. This the NFC like the NFC East is winning. You have two two and one teams, a three and zero team, and even the Giants two. are one and two. Like they're winning, but it's it's weird. Like it's not like nobody's looked yeah. impressive. They don't. They're That's the only. Like I mean, the only convincing wins came from. Well, I guess this past week the Eagles had a convincing Giants, one. Yeah. I would say Giants Cowboys like Giants over the Cowboys. And then the or ca- and Cowboys the over the Giants, I should say, and then Cowboys over the Jets. But again, like the monsoon game and the Jets, you know, it's not, it's it's a weird weird season, weird, weird start season. to the season. Yeah, across the entire NFL. Yeah, um, I like it. Finally, quick before we get into these final two segments, Kirk's turnovers are they going to cost the Vikings a playoff spot? They're in a, a weird spot right now. And how much is Cam Akers going to help this offense once he joins it, hopefully this week? Cam Akers isn't going to do anything. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what yeah, I yeah. I, <laughs> I agree. But He's not going to do anything to help this team. For Kirk and the turnovers, like, it's, it's like, turnovers aren't good. But their defense is so abysmal that it's like, I think that's what makes it look even worse is because their defense is so bad. So one turnover is, is almost turning into points every cost. time. Yeah. And regarding Big Kirko, the turnovers are an issue, yes. It's better to not turn the ball over five times through your first three games. But they were handed a win against the Chargers this weekend um, by Brandon Saley going for it on fourth down from his inside his own 30-yard line. And you throw the game away mm-hmm. by not spiking that ball. You run down there. If you spike the ball, you've got 
30 seconds left. You have three, four, you got four plays probably. They got in there and they have like 37 seconds. to get into the end zone and instead you rush everything, tip ball, intercepted. Um, I don't know what you're doing, Kevin O'Connell. You've been great your entire time there. That was a weird mess up for him. But yeah, Big Kirko, not good, not great, but I don't think he's the issue per se. I mean, Kirk Kirk and and, uh, (laughs) Jay Jettas have been amazing to start the year. I mean, Jefferson, did he get in the end zone Sunday? I don't think he did, right? No. Because he still he still does not have a touchdown in the season. He's still on pace for like. But he's still. I would say his yard his yardage is insane. Kirk's yardage is insane. But those turnovers are just killing them. The decisions at the end of the game, which again are weird. Like it, the the coaching has been off. It's not at all what it's been, and that's another. One score game that they lost. Yeah. Oh and three Despite already. Being the best in the NFL in one score games last year. Uh huh. Well, we're gonna jump into our final two segments. First, we've got our betting segment. We got big reds, big bets. What do you got for us this week, big red? Okay, guys, if you want to make money, listen to me. <laughs> we're gonna. This is gonna be the week that something finally hits. Nothing has hit for any of us. Uh, okay. So four leg parlay coming in at plus eight. Oh, it was at eight fifty. It's already jumped to eight seventy three. So we're getting a little bit more money here. Put ten dollars on and win eighty-seven. First leg, Eagles minus six and a half. The spread's at seven and a half. Also at the six and a half. Keep it a little safe. So if they win by just a touchdown, they're playing Washington. They're playing Washington. <laughs> they yeah. I'm Is off that this bad? team. I'm off this team already. <laughs> it's not even that it's that bad. It's the point that their offensive line sucks. So like like I, and I just watched Philly absolutely destroyed the Buccaneers offensive line, which is so much better than Washington's. Like, I'm genuinely scared for Sam Howell's life this week. Like, it's going to be so bad. It, like, I... Oh, my God. Uh, so, yeah, there's that. If you want to talk about this and explain why I have Jacksonville money line, they're only minus 150. They're playing the Falcons. I mean, we talked about this. I kind of I kind of touched on this. It's... Uh, they're in London. Second home. Second home for them. Um... Calvin Ridley's former team, they're coming off that they're coming off that bad loss, but I think that's going to boost them. They'll be fine. I think they're going to win this week. USC Colorado game, USC spread minus twenty one and a half. Colorado just got just got embarrassed by Oregon, and now they're facing the reigning Heisman Trophy winner and possibly a better team than what they just faced. Like I think they're just going to get embarrassed again. It's in Colorado. That doesn't matter. I'm taking the USC the USC spread, and finally, Penn State Northwestern game. At Northwestern, again, I've talked about this. I think this Penn State defense could possibly be the best in the country. Northwestern under 9.5 total points. Wow. They just held Iowa scoreless. Low, but Northwestern doesn't have that great of an offense themselves. I think it could be another inc- crazy defensive performance under 9.5. Throw 10 on it to win 87. If you want to throw 5 on it to win 43.5, do that too. Wow. All, All right. right. And finally, finally, <laughs> just one, one little thing. Just a single bet in the Ryder Cup. Top European score coming in at plus 500, Victor Hovland, which is crazy to me. They have Rory at one. The glazing of Rory in the golf world, <laughs> I can't stand it. I hate Rory. Guys. Yeah. Victor Hovland is on one of the hottest stretches of, of in recent history, and he's coming in at plus 500 to be the top point scorer. I think Victor Hovland is going to just kill, kill the competition, whoever he's got to go up against. I, w- I think that's... Out of all like the people you could pick, I would take that. And he wears cool shirts. And he does wear cool shirts. Wears the cool colors. Let's c- close this episode out like we always do. NFL, pick them. Wally charge him back. 
Only, only one. We're two behind you, baby. Oh, you're two behind me. I thought you were only one behind me. Nope, two. All right, well, well we're close. We're yeah, close. Colin's, Colin's good at what he does. He's a rookie. He's lucky. Yeah, yeah. He, he's, he's getting lucky. He's getting lucky. All right. Let's start it out. Miami, Buffalo. Miami. Offense won't be stopped. Miami. <laughs> I'll take Buffalo here. It's in Buffalo. I like them to split the series all year, and I think each home game oh, is going to win. Also, last week, thanks for giving me Cleveland and switching with Tennessee. <laughs> I got you, bro. Me. I got you. Uh, Detroit Green Bay. Or no, no, it was the Atlanta Detroit game that you switched with me. Yeah, because I was saying nice things about Atlanta. Yeah, right. and no then, matter what, I got you. No and then I had happens. to take Cleveland because you guys both took Tennessee, and I didn't want to We're have a clean you, sleeve. We're here for you. God, I love looking at these. Uh, Detroit Green Bay. Give me Green Bay. Oh, you're going against the you're going against Detroit again? Yeah, <laughs> it's in Green Bay, which is too. not because of personal bias. Um, yeah, they they just look a little shit. I'll let you go second. Well, I was actually gonna go Green Bay for my lock okay. here. I okay. I like them on Thursday night. It's in Green Bay. I think Jordan Love prime time. I want to see it. I want to see him do well. I'm gonna take Detroit. I was iffy. That's why I wanted you to go next. Because if you if you took Green Bay, I was gonna go Detroit. But then if you didn't. I don't know. Like, it's just a weird game. It's going to be close. It's in Green Bay, but I also don't think Jordan Love's legit. Even though he's he's up right now for, like, player of the week from last week when he threw for 160 yards and one touchdown. Christian Watson will be back, though. I don't care. Give me uh, Detroit. I like Jerry Goff. <laughs> De- Denver and Chicago, game of the week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think, we're all I think all of us are going Denver, Denver right? Yeah. yeah. But I wanted to throw it in. I'm sorry, I'm I'm not picking Chicago. We? Just want to differentiate. No, so <laughs> All right, the Rams against the Colts. I'll take the Rams. Really? Yeah. One and two, huh? Yeah, but I think you know, God, the Colts just be ball. No, give me the Rams. Give me the Rams. Puka had his first little welcome back to planet Earth on Monday night against. Almost the, cost Bengals. me my bet too yeah. until like the second to last. Don't play of the don't game. don't even get me started. Kyron Williams was on the three-yard line and didn't get in with a minute 30 left, and that was all I needed. Um, give me the Colts. Uh, Anthony Richardson practiced today. They got a big win with Minshew over uh, the Ravens last Sunday. Give me the Colts. I like the Rams in this one. Like I said, Kyron Williams, kind of a down week for him, but he's been going off. I think this offense is going to come back against a so-so you know, indie team, and I don't really trust an indie to keep it up all year, so I'm going to take them. Uh, Seattle and the Giants. How's the Giants' pass defense? Terrible. The give me Seattle, man. Give me Seattle, man. The entire defense is horrible. Give me the Giants. Give me them as a lock <laughs> as well. And uh, the only reason that I have any bit of hope for this game, one, it's at MetLife, not having to travel across the country. They had to travel to Seattle last year um, in a somewhat close game, a forgotten game that I didn't really care about that much. Um, the only reason I have any hope they got killed by Dallas week one, and they got killed by San Francisco week three because both of those teams have very strong defenses. I don't know why Dallas was so terrible against Arizona, but the Giants performed well enough against Arizona that they have shown me hope on offense that they can put points up. They can do that against Seattle. They can get into a 35-31 type of game. This is the matchup that they would want. And they're also due for a takeaway. They haven't had a single takeaway in three weeks. They got their first sack last week. They have not been. <laughs> they had no yeah. sacks through the first two weeks. They are due for something to go well um, on the defensive side of the ball. I don't see them going through four weeks without a takeaway. And there's a chance Saquon plays in this game too. Andrew Thomas is practicing again. They get their left guard back, Ben Bredesen. They'll be okay. 
Well, you convinced me. I'm taking the Giants as well. <laughs> uh, finally, Baltimore, Cleveland. I'll take Cleveland as my lock. I am loving this season because Lamar stinks. You both know I hate Lamar. Yeah, so well, you know all I'm my friends, all my friends back home love Lamar for some reason. I am so happy that he's doing bad this year, and I think it's going to keep going. Give me Baltimore. I think Cleveland is the weirdest team ever to be two and one. They're horrible. Deshaun Watson has been garbage. He was good last week. Nah, good. Good or, or good he, was, he was decent. Good. I wouldn't say good. Wasn't last week when he got twirled around and threw the ball back yeah. like 15 yeah, yards? Yeah, but he still had a good game. That, that, that clip, about? I showed Casey that clip. <laughs> um, yeah, give me Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore lost a close one in overtime this week against the Colts. Again, a weird game. Um, I like Baltimore to win this, uh, you know, kind of just because. I don't know. I don't believe in Cleveland either. Cleveland's defense is, like, okay. It's solid, but it's not anywhere. Miles Garrett's it's, like, insane. insane. Yeah, Miles Garrett's insane, but, like, it's not – Crazy. All right. Where can they find us, Wally? Hit us up at Slinging Sports on Instagram for the number one way to know when the episodes drop for some groovy graphics for all things you need to know about SSP. Thank you all so much for tuning into this episode. Uh, what, what else do I usually say to close this out? I don't know. I'm blanking. Um, we'll catch you all in the see next, you next one. Yeah, I guess we'll see you in the next one. Peace. Bye. <laughs>